Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Billy D's podcast. I am absolutely thrilled that you are here. If this is your first time here on the podcast, first of all, welcome. You can find me on Twitter, which is kind of like my social media home at Billy D's on Twitter. You can find the Billy D's podcast pretty much anywhere podcasts are found including Apple Podcasts, Spotify with friends over at Good Pods. So a lot of places you can find us. And just by searching Billy D's on any given platform, I generally come up. I don't plenty have a different screen name for this place and a different screen name for that. If you search the program, you'll find the Billy D's podcast under Billy D's. All right. The title of today's program is When Do Political Ideologies or Social Movements, for that matter, Become Cults? And this is becoming a a very big concern for me. And I'm going to talk a little bit about why that is. If you are expecting me to uh, go after the other guys, uh, that's not going to be this kind of program. Um, I am not, first of all, an ideologue. I, I, I really can't be, by today's standards, be described as a conservative or a liberal. And um, this is beyond that. This is beyond that where people have created their own bubbles. And I suppose that these people have always existed to one degree or another. But now the fringes are quickly starting to encroach upon the mainstream. I'm going to say this started every bit of 10 years ago, kind of reached a crescendo in 2016. And in the wake of the pandemic, uh, things have really just gotten crazy, absolutely crazy. So uh, here again, I'm not approaching this. I'm not going to, if you're kind of expecting me to go after the woke people or go after the uh, MAGA people, I'm not going to do either. I'm going to avoid doing that at all costs. And I'm also going to try to avoid uh, mentioning specific issues if if I can avoid it. Because here again, you just mentioned gun control or something like that and, and all everybody lines up. And I, I, I don't, that's not what this podcast is about. What this podcast is about, what this particular episode is about is are we losing our grip in terms of how we view the world based upon our political ideology and how many of the the aspects of that relate very closely to being a cult. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go down some of the red flags that we often use to determine whether or not someone is involved in a cult. And let's just kind of listen to this and see if we can decide how many of these things also apply to the political climate, especially in the United States. That's that's where I'm from. But it's it's something now that's all over the world. It's made its way into uh, Great Britain. It's made its way into Canada. And uh, this idea that you're either for me or against me is something that's kind of new. As you may be able to tell, I'm not 21 anymore. <laughs> you know, I've been around for quite a while. And I kind of came of age when uh, Ronald Reagan was the president of the United States. Now, he wasn't perfect, but he was not a conservative by today's standards. And Kennedy was well before my time, but I, Lincoln was before my time, but I know who he was. That always gets me when people say, well, I don't know who that was. That was before my time. 
Um, Kennedy, by today's standards, would not be a liberal. Um, neither Kennedy nor uh, Reagan are crazy enough to represent what conservatism and liberalism have become. Like I said, that's that's discerning. I have a number of different friends. I'm going to say maybe a dozen on each side of the spectrum who radically have changed in the last few years. Some of them identify as, as a MAGA. Others identify as a social justice uh, progressive, and that's fine. Not everybody who identifies like that is is going to be the people that I'm talking about. But I can tell you that the ones I am acquainted with have radically changed. There was a time when I could have a conversation with them. And all of these people are intellectual people. I mean, there were times when they could move the needle on me a little bit. They like made me say, well... You know, I never considered that, but maybe that's right. They can't do it anymore. And it's not because they're so much smarter than I am, I hope. It's because they are not approaching things that way anymore. They're not interested in finding a middle ground. And that's one thing that I would say about Fireside. There's some great people on here. Oh, my goodness. uh, That talk about. Uh, different things going on in our society, and I learned so much from them. But I often hear them say that they hope this becomes a forum where people can come on and we can find a truth. We can share a truth together. I'm skeptical that that's going to happen in a lot of cases because the people that I'm talking about, the people that I'm referring to, they're not after a common ground. They don't care about a common ground. They want to advance an agenda. All right. And here again, when I was a young man back in the in the in the 1980s, there were people who can, you know, identified as conservative. There were people who identified as liberal, but they didn't feel like they had a moral or ethical superiority over everyone else. And these people do the people that I'm referring to, too. And this is new, and I don't mean like yesterday, but here again, over over the years, I didn't notice this in the 1990s. You know, even Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill, and even to an extent, um, Newt Gingrich and President Clinton, uh, they they both had their ideologies, but in in some way, they all managed to get things done, (laughs) you know. And they they somehow lived in, in the real world. And I'm not saying any one of these people are saints. But what I am saying is now you're either for me or, or you are against me. Now, how did we get here? How have so many people essentially created a world that exists uh, almost uniquely to them? Facts don't matter anymore. You know, it used to be here again, back in the 80s and 90s, you could say two plus two equals four. Now, well, not always. You know, sometimes two plus two equals 2.3 or 4.5. It just depends on where you're at and what your situation is. You know, facts have become fudgeable. And that's never been the case before. It's absolutely astounding to me. So how did we get here? How does this happen? A cult does not start out when you meet somebody who's from a cult. They do not start out with the first thing you need to do is disown your parents. That's not what happens on day one. 
What happens on day one is they start with a relatively reasonable assertion that is based in fact, that has some truth. And it's much easier at that point to say, yeah, I'm on board with that. That's absolutely correct. And the next day or whatever, they take it just a little bit further. Now, I'm glad we agree on this. And did you also know here's what they're doing? And that second assertion might be very true. There's uh, things that are wrong in this society, certainly on both sides of the political spectrum. And you can point out all kinds of things that are absolutely true. And every time you get sucked in, it goes just a little further, goes a little further down the line. And pretty soon you're disowning your parents six months, a year, 18 months later. And that is exactly what is happening now with a lot of these political ideologies. These people are drawn in on basic principles that a lot of people can recognize as true. That's what baits you in. And then the next thing you know, it gets taken a little bit farther and a little bit farther. So let's talk about some of the red flags that we have regarding a cult. One of them is no personal accountability. Okay. My problems are because of you. You are ruining this country. You are ruining this society. And people outside of my group are the enemy. They're the ones who want to destroy my way of life. They're the ones who want to destroy my belief systems. And nothing is my fault. I am not where I am because of anything that I've ever done. It's these people here who have created this horrible situation for me. They are destroying my way of life. This is something that's very common in a cult. This It's one of them, not all of them, but it's one of the things that's very common in a cult. And unfortunately, it is the attitude that is adopted by many people who have one extreme or the other, either right or left, one extreme or the other about the world today. Either someone is taking away the world they've always known or they're ruining it or have ruined it. It's it's one or the other. And there's nothing that you can do to change their mind. And that's that's kind of what is, is, is disturbing to me. There used to be a time when I would say as a joke, you know, arguing with you is like arguing with somebody who believes that the world is flat. If you don't know that it's round by now, nothing I am going to say is going to change your mind. Well, first of all, there's people who say, yeah, damn right. People really do believe that now. So you, you can't really use that as a joke anymore. And second of all, it does apply to this. No matter what facts you hit anybody with, no matter what perspectives, no matter how many people you've talked to, no, ma- no matter how many sheets of data you call up, nothing will move them from the fact that you are the reason that our society is being destroyed. Another earmark of a cult, and it's very similar to this, is that a cult, if you are a member of a cult, there's nothing about a cult that invites introspection. And what I mean by that, how does this ideology make me a better person? How do I become a better human being? How do I treat my neighbor better? There's nothing about a cult that does that. It's all about changing you. My belief system needs to affect you. 
and change your behavior. You're the one who needs to change, not me. I'm perfect the way I am. I am right. Okay. Here again, um, there's nothing about any of these radical political ideologies that I have run across, and you're welcome to correct me if I'm wrong, that invites personal introspection. There's nothing about any of these political ideologies that I've ever heard anybody say, you know, I spent a lot of time with this and I really needed to become a better person and a better human being and treat my neighbors better because of this ideology. <laughs> it's just, it doesn't happen. And um, here again, if you have uh, somebody who who uh, is an example of an exception, uh, that's fine, but I haven't run across it too much. I've kind of alluded to this, but this is another uh, earmark of a cult in that a fair point to someone else's opinion is never granted. No, how, no, it, it doesn't matter how plainly true it is. A fair point to someone else's opinion is never granted. Never. The conversation always degrades into what about isms or gotcha on terminology. You know, one of those kind of things. You can't backtrack on what you said and say, well, what I mean by that is, oh, no, no, no. That isn't what you said. I heard what you said. You said blah, 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 blah. And, and, and you end up in a defensive posture over some word that you used in not the perfect context. It's a way of deflection and it's a way of keep, keeping you on the defensive. And then what about isms? You know, people will pull them out of anywhere. Well, what about George Washington? Look what he did, blah, blah, blah. And then you end up defending the history of George Washington instead of sticking with your point. And that's something too. I, I, I often wonder these what about isms often take the same action and apply it to somebody that is supposedly on your team so that you can defend that same action. And as an independent, I would say, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I even I don't like being called a moderate because that puts me on the scale. But I can tell you that for me, a given action is either right or wrong. And what happens now, a good example of this, the next time a scandal breaks and there's a politician who uh, gets accused of something. If it's on one side, that side is going to say it's a hoax. The other side is going to say, aha, we told you this guy was an SOB. And then when another scandal erupts on the other side, those sides reverse. That's amazing to me. Uh, I don't care. Uh, to me, a given action is either right or wrong. It, it doesn't matter who allegedly committed it or who the alleged victim was and whether I like that person or not. It doesn't matter if I like either one of these people or dislike them both or one or the other. A given action is either right or wrong. And an ideologue will not separate that. Somebody on their team, they will defend to the, the ninth degree. And here again, getting back into how these things are debated, one exception negates a common truth. And that's true here again with, with both sides of this, of, of this situation. Uh, you know, you can have 500 given points of fact you make a general statement about those 500 given points of fact, and they point to the one exception. So 499 times it's true, one time it's not, and that somehow negates the entire 
generalization that you have made that negates the bigger point that you were trying to make. It's all wrong because of that. There's always going to be an exception to the rule. That doesn't mean that the rule is wrong, okay? In in a country of 330 some odd million people that we have, there's going to be a lot of gray areas. There's going to be a lot of variations. But the whole point of how we debate things and how we talk about things to make the conversation easier so you don't have to break things down by a half a dozen different percentage points talking about a certain situation that affects a group of people is you make a wide assertion. That's how you have a conversation that isn't 10 hours long. But here again, it's not about getting to the truth. It's about muddying up the conversation. And here again, this is something that cults do. And this is something that political ideologues do. Radical political ideologues do. They're, 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 their goal is to muddy the conversation. That is the point, and that's why they do that. Here's another earmark of a cult, and that is isolating friends and associations. I've had this happen now. Um, just like on social media, uh, we only follow people that we agree with. We don't follow people that we don't agree with. As a matter of fact, we do more than not follow them. We probably block them. And we're doing the same thing socially now. I've been cut off by friends who have gone uh, different paths with their ideologies uh, because I won't agree to everything that they, they, they put out there. And um, what's worse is in the social media environment, you only follow people that you like, only follow people that you agree with. So the only points of view that you are getting are ones that reinforce what you already believe. Okay, so it doesn't it really doesn't have an opportunity. What I talked about earlier, where somebody's going to push the needle on you, that really doesn't happen that often anymore. Okay, we we are in groups that reinforce what we already believe. And I've kind of alluded to this, too, is the inappropriate loyalty to political leaders or celebrities who are on your team. And I mentioned this earlier. Uh, you know, you're either uh, a given action is either right or wrong. It isn't right or wrong, depending on who was accused and who the alleged victim was. And too often now, uh, people will just defend to the ninth degree uh, someone who is clearly, in fact, guilty. They've they've been charged, they've been convicted, they've been whatever. And it was all a frame up. It was all a scam. It was, you know, completely fake. And by the way, when I heard the term fake news many, many years ago, when this first started getting uh, tossed around, I was worried because I was afraid that news that you don't agree with was going to become fake news. And that's exactly what's happened now. We don't have this situation where we can recognize a given truth. If we don't like it, if it doesn't fit into our, our agenda, what we want to do, it's, it has become fake news. And this is, uh, you know, the one I kind of alluded to as well uh, in terms of uh, the earmarks of a cult. And that is dishonoring one's family, uh, speaking badly about family members to friends and repeating uh, confidential conversations. My parents don't get it. And they'll give a whole bunch of uh, exceptions about how t uh, terrible their parents are and how they're, you know, they haven't changed and, and they can all go to hell. I've had a number of people tell me 
given what's happened, let's say in 2016 and in, in uh, 2020 with the elections and now with the pandemic that their fathers won't speak to their, to their sons and the other way around, you know, uh, siblings have been, uh, don't answer each other's texts anymore. It's amazing to me that the loyalty to a political party, the loyalty to a political ideology is worth telling your family members to go to hell. Uh, That's extraordinary to me. And that here again, going back to my youth in the 1980s and the 1990s, I don't remember that happening. I I mean, there's always an an extreme case where somebody did it. But um, I don't recall a time where it has become as commonplace as it is now. The idea that our friends and our family mean nothing if they don't believe what we believe. These are all earmarks of a cult. Everything that I just kind of ran through here, these are all earmarks of a cult. And I'll review them just real quickly. No personal accountability, no introspection, opposing critical thinking, isolating friends and associations, inappropriate loyalty to political leaders or celebrities, and dishonoring one's family. Those are all things that are earmarks that you might be getting drawn into a cult. And I would be willing to bet that a certain amount of listeners out there know people who have done some or all of these things on the basis of their political associations. So where do we go from here? That's kind of what kind of what scares me because I'm not sure I know what the solution is. These people that I'm talking about, these people who are, are either on one side or the other are now in a situation where you can't reason with them. They won't listen to a thing that you have to say. And I understand that, you know, these people have always been around. They were around in my time as well, but not to the extent that they are now. Uh, they're everywhere now. Um, they here again, they're on social media by, by the ton. And social media, for, to a large degree, feeds this. And they're in, in my social circles now. You know, there's people that I run across all the time that say, hey, have you seen uh, George or whoever? No, uh, we don't talk to him anymore. And uh, I, I, that's amazing to me. How, how can you find solutions uh, to problems? How can you recognize problems? And I understand, you know, to a degree, everyone's perception is the reality. Anyone who's ever been on a college campus and talked about philosophy 101 knows that, you know, everybody has their own perception of reality. That's true. But there's a practical level, too. There comes a point when there are objective truths. If we didn't have objective truths, Planes wouldn't fly. Cars wouldn't drive. We wouldn't be living in the structures that when you have to measure things, you have to know how things go together. We have to share information. We have to work on problems that we all recognize. And uh, it, it seems like more and more, everything is a subjective point of view. And it is a point of contention that someone is willing to fight with you about. So I'm not sure I know what the solution is. I can tell you that moving forward into 2024 and, and maybe beyond, it's a scary time. It's, it's, and I've never felt this way before. You know, I, when I was in high school and when I first got out of high school, everybody was talking about 
you know, Reagan was going to cause World War III. And uh, there was doom and gloom predicted when uh, uh, Clinton uh, was in, you know, we we were going to have a a major thing because he wasn't good with the military and uh, all these other things I could go on and on here. But I always knew that the right people were in place and people were going to make the right choices. And I'm not so sure that's the case anymore. I believe the general wisdom of the population, which is why, which is why what they always refer to as the founding fathers did not want a two-party system. They said, don't do it. Okay. Because it feeds into the gullibilities of the public. And one of the problems with a democracy, and we are a type of democracy, we're not a full democracy. There really haven't been that that many, but we are a type of democracy. One of the, one of the situations that you have is having a representative government, having a, a, a population that has a say-so in the government. That's a good thing, but there's a real thin line to a bad side of that, and that is mob rule. Okay, that's one of the reasons why democracy has to be managed. You have to have a constitution. You have some things that are non-negotiable. Okay, and you have a representative government. And it's one of I will get into it now, but it's one of the reasons why we have an electoral college. These are all safety valves. (laughs) Right. And I just don't know. I just don't know. uh, Is is the collective wisdom. That's one thing the father, the founding father said, too, is the best way to defend democracy is with an educated public. And it doesn't mean one that's schooled, but it means one that knows what's going on, one that has a grasp of reality, one that understands the basic needs of the community. Uh, Do we have that now? At this point, uh, I can't see where anyone has uh, volunteered. And I, I don't generally don't like to invite people and put them on the spot, especially for a conversation like this, because. Even though, like I said, I've tried to keep specific specific issues out of the conversation, it is still an area where a lot of people are afraid to go. And I don't necessarily like to pick provocative material strictly for the case of picking it. Um, but I do believe there's only so many shows that you can do about blue skies and chirping birds. There's only so many times that you can talk about that. And I understand this positivity and how important that is and, and all these other things. Um, but there comes, a, there comes a time when you do have to confront certain issues that has some teeth. And uh, this is one of those times. I, I'm really concerned. Um, I hope, I hope we can have faith in what we might refer to as the general wisdom of our land. And that common sense will start to prevail And we will have some leaders instead of recycling the same ones over and over again. We will have uh, some new leaders with a new plan moving forward, something that we can rally behind. In my time, you may or may not like some of these individuals of President Obama, President Clinton and President Reagan during my lifetime were the rock stars. Everyone else, here again, I'm not saying I liked all of them and I agreed with them all the time, but they were people, they were presidents that people voted for. All the other elections have been the anti-vote, okay? Uh, anybody but that guy, okay? It's what got uh, Joe Biden elected in 2020, anybody but Trump. And to a large degree, Trump got elected in 2016 uh, because of the dislike of Hillary Clinton. And we just don't have candidates that people vote for anymore. We, we, they're just not there. 
Already the Democrats and the Republicans are lining up the other side as the bad guys. Anybody but these guys. I don't believe that's serving us well. I don't believe it's serving us well in terms of who we believe our friends are. You know, just like they said in Top Gun. You know, you might not like the guys that fly with you. They may not like you. But at the end of the day, whose side are you on? Okay. And we need one of those moments in our country. You know, I may not agree with you all the time. You may not agree with me all the time. But at the end of the day, whose side are you on? We want this country to be successful. We want everybody to have a chance at the dream. We want everybody to have proper, good representation in government. And in a country of 333 million people, you're not going to make everybody happy all the time. That's for sure. But um, the the plan seems to be to be divisive. And I get asked all the time, are you tired of all the negative political ads? And I say, yeah, I am tired of all the negative political ads. And people say, why do you think they run those all the time? And my answer is because they work. They wouldn't spend literally hundreds of millions of dollars on negative ads if they didn't work. And that's on us. We have to demand better. We have to demand better than that. There has to be a better way uh, of saying, I want your vote, then that guy is really bad. You don't want him. There's got to be a better way to do it. And that includes not only in our politics, but in our society, the way we treat each other. I mean, there comes a point where, you know, maybe be kind. Um, I, I talked about introspection. And introspection is something that is very difficult when it comes to being wrong. You know, is it possible? Is it possible that I could be wrong? That's a tough question for a lot of people, especially today because they're conditioned to feel right. That's not a good attitude moving forward. We've been on about a half hour, which is typically about as long as I go with most of my, my podcasts. At this time, I just want to remind you that you can find the Billy D's podcast pretty much anywhere podcasts are found, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, with friends over at Good Pods. We have a good relationship with the people over at Good Pods starting next week, the second week of January there. Um, a whole bunch of interviews coming up with, uh, we have a marketer, we have a humorist, um, we have a person who uh, writes about mental health, all kinds of really uh, good and interesting uh, guests. Uh, our regular schedule for 2023 resumes next week with the interviews. In the meantime, I will be doing these commentary programs on Fireside and various other uh, social audio platforms and try to get as many different opinions worked into those things as I can. So thank you very much for listening to our podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And I will be talking to you very soon. I'm Billy Dees and host of the self-titled podcast, The Billy Dees Podcast. We are primarily an interview and a commentary-based podcast featuring authors and creators talking about their craft, advocates for community issues, and myself and an array of co-hosts discussing current events. There's no partisan ranting and raving going on here, just great content. You can find The Billy Dees Podcast on your favorite platform and on Twitter at Billy Dees. Thank you, and I hope you listen in.